On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks continue on with training camp. Jason Kidd is in love with these rookies. We'll talk about what his plan is. And Kyrie seems to love Dallas. Should we feel good about that or not? We'll talk about that in more in today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Babs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everydayer, subscribe, follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section which rookie will play more this season, Derek Lively or Omax Prosper curious what you guys think about it if you want to support the show text us get text alerts from us watch film with us get rumors updates on training camp and all that kind of stuff subscribe to our subtext click the link in the description text the number that'll be on the screen and right almost there that one that number on the screen right there joining me today multiple time guest if you've ever watched a dallas mavericks game you know who this person is dana larson welcome to the show what you got for me Oh, I'm so happy to be here. You know I love the music. I love you getting to let it ride. It. I can let it ride. Love, there you go. Let it ride. <laughs> I love being a guest. This is so fun because I'm usually a listener. You know I'm like one of your your regulars, um, and you do such a good job. And I'm so happy for you, Nick, because you mine Maverick gems all off season. <laughs> you do such a good job getting us through the downtime, and it's like. It's like a drip, drip, drip from a faucet. And then now here we are. We're the back. faucet is open and it's we're flooding. Back. We've got so much, right? Oh, I know we're, you we're back. The, day, <laughs> the days of this being like a fun topic to talk about. My first shot, my first make. <laughs> like Luca hitting a shot in a Slovenia practice. Like those days are done. Right. We've got you real stuff. <laughs> but we don't have to anymore. We've got real stuff to talk about. Uh, so we'll talk about training camp. We were there the last couple of days listening to Jason Kidd, Luca, Kyrie, watching some of practice today, seeing what we we saw. And so we're going to talk about Kyrie. I want to talk about his, I guess with Kyrie, it's never like, this is what Kyrie said. It's more about his aura, his, like yeah. the way he came off. It's the, you know, the subtext behind it, for lack of a better term with subtext, but it, for lack of a better term with, with what Kyrie says, he seems really happy in Dallas. And I want to talk about that and some of the things that he said because I think this could be a really, really good good place for him. And I think he's in a different spot in his career. So I want to talk to Dana about that. Got a couple more questions about Josh Green and some others if we get time for it. But Dana, I want to start here. Jason Kidd came out of came like out of the, out of his way to talk about Derek Lively and Omax. Now multiple times with Mark Stein on the freak the other day. He talked about those guys. Yesterday I asked him about leaders on the team, and he brought up Derek Lively and Omax could be leaders defensively. He went out his way. He mentioned them again today. What do you think about Jason Kidd and how much he's pushing and just kind of propping up these two rookies? Yeah, because these are things he's saying that aren't necessarily like answers to questions. We weren't saying, would you start a rookie? It was like he put it out there before anybody really even got to ask it. So I've been doing the same thing everybody has you know, thinking through what the, the motivation is here. And he, I think he gave us a little something else today um, that 
maybe gives me a look. He said today, if you remember this, Nick, when he said, I've done this before. Uh, he had Josh yeah. in his, what would have been his second season, first under uh, Jason Kidd which I don't actually remember it all that much, but he said he was pushing him and talking about having him out there with the starters and what he wants to do. And these were his words is make guys uncomfortable mm -hmm. and see how they respond. So whether or not this is truly something that we're, we're going to literally see like it's, it's Derek lively in the starting lineup and that's your starting center for the rest of the season. Or is this right now, he is just really trying to get a full book of notes on these guys. And he's putting you in big time international games with a huge audience. And you're going to play next to Kyrie Irving. You're going to play with Luka Doncic. And we're going to see what you're made of. And, and, and so I think he is as much as, yes, these guys fill a huge need and a hole on this roster. And hopefully it's the perfect combination. I think he's also doing a whole lot of fact finding. And his words were, I like to get put guys in uncomfortable situations and see what they're made of. That is 100% what I took away from today as well. Talk about like putting them to the fire, like putting them to the test right. and figuring out, can they handle this? How do they respond to playing with Luca and Kyrie specifically or or the big group, as I keep mentioning, right. with, with Luca, Kyrie and Grant Williams. Right. And so do I think that, Derek Lively could end up starting. Could Omax start? Jason Kidd has said one of these guys could end up starting. Like, he really does believe that. He's giving them a fair shot. Like, he's really giving them a, a fair shake at this to try and see. But, yeah, I agree with you that it is a fact-finding mission. He's he's looking at these guys to try and see how they respond. And if if Derek Lively doesn't live up to, to what Jason Kidd hopes he can be right away and doesn't do that, he's got – the safety blanket, the cockroach, as Zach Lowe calls him, of Dwight Powell that'll just never, never leave and be around. And he can always just put him back in the starting lineup. You know it's not going to hurt Dwight's feelings. He's got, you know, feelings made of of steel, iron, whatever, whatever metal you want to call it. And, so and I, his entire body is made of, too. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to, like, stand next to a guy like Dwight Powell, like, today. He gets a rebound, and he, like, runs by me, and I go, that guy is too small to play center in today's like, in the, in the NBA. How is that possible? But he is strong. He is strong. That is for sure. And smart. And so you put those two things together yeah. and that's why he's still around, right? Yeah. And so they've got that safety blanket with, with, with you know, with him. And then yes. I guess Omax's safety blanket is is some of Tim Hardaway, I guess. Maybe, maybe Josh Green is that. We'll talk about him a little later. Kid hasn't mentioned him very much, but... Yeah, I think with that, at least he has those to, to go back on. And he's really putting these rookies to the fire. And it's really interesting to watch. It really is. And I think, too, you know, because all we ever hear is historically, the learning curve is so steep. Yeah. for rookie big men, right? That that is where you are going to, you're going to show your weaknesses more than anywhere else. So to have that be really like the positions of these young guys and he is pushing them out there is super interesting. As you've talked about, I know, you know, having Tyson Chandler there to coach him up and mentor him literally probably since the day he landed in Dallas is huge. And you can't always fall back on not only, like you said, your Dwight Powell's, um, but also just, Oh, he's a rookie. Okay. So, you know, we, we gave him a lot to handle. It was too much on his plate. That's okay. Because this is always historically a really tough, uh, you know, first year for a player like this. And nobody would question that at all. Yeah, he is also a 19-year-old rookie, especially right. if we're just talking about Lively. Like, he 
played what 20 minutes a game for Duke. He had some, you know, some calf issues there, so he didn't play as much as you would hope even a one and done player w- would play. And so he is kind of on this learning curve. But what Jason Kidd said yesterday, th- Omax and Derek Lively have been in camp or at least back in Dallas since August. They've put these guys through through the test already to try and see if they're ready because they know that there's a big like learning curve ahead of both of them to come back on this team that is you know working working uphill. They're they're like you're pushing. What's who's the guy that pushes the, the rock up the hill? With the, oh, I don't know. Oh, what's the Greek guy that pushes the? <laughs> anyway, I'll remember. I'll remember in like ten minutes from now. We'll come, we'll come back yeah. to it. But like, and he said, Jason Kidd said that Derek Lively has really impressed him and the growth that he's had from August till now. And I think that that kind of stuff is, like you said, working with Tyson Chandler and getting him up to speed. And so maybe they'll be ready, but I do think that they're, they're putting them to the fire. They're trying to see what's going to happen and coming out of the the other end, I think it's going to be good for the rookies. It'll be interesting to see if one of them falters, like if one of them Mm -hmm. isn't ready for the test and then what happens, but that's something we talk about a month from now, two months from now when games have actually started. And we all have to manage expectations, right? I mean, if Derek Lively is starting, what is it that you actually are wanting to see from him? And what are they asking of him? It's not going to be a guy that you're going to see score 20 points a game. He's probably not going to ever be that in his career. Grab some rebounds, right? Um, Be vocal. Please, yeah, just (laughs) give them a defensive presence. Be somebody at the rim to make life difficult. Uh, that that's really all you need to do. And, and it's already a, a ton of progress in that area. Their roles are very defined. They're going to know exactly what to do. Jason Kidd has not, is not worried about scoring. Is not worried about offense really at all right now in training camp. He's, he's mentioned that specifically. And so I don't think that he's going to spend too much time working on their offensive game. They're working on them fitting into the offense. Luca and Kyrie will make that happen. It's can they work defensively? Can they make it happen? And so I'm interested to see this plan and how it plays out coming up. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving. Let's talk about his feeling so far. He seems like he loves where he is right now. He even went so far as to say, I wish I'd played my whole career here in Dallas. We'll talk about what that means for Kyrie coming up. But before we do, if you're missing the syrup for your pancakes, you're missing maybe the pancake part of your pancakes. You need whatever it is that you can get at a grocery store. You can get with DoorDash. They can bring it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash for deliveries, for restaurant stuff, for food. Uh, there's a story that I saw recently up in up in Denton or somewhere where there's a, a mysterious somebody that's sending McDonald's orders to somebody's house over and over and over again. This person is using DoorDash, and they're probably part of the DoorDash uh, delivery, like Dash, Dash Pass uh, membership as well, because if they're sending dozens and dozens of orders to this one neighborhood and nobody can figure out where it comes from, that story is really funny to me. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKDOWNNBA at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app now, enter the promo code LOCKDOWNNBA. That's one word, LOCKDOWNNBA. Again, don't forget LOCKDOWNNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Again, if you want insights, if you want texts from us, uh, I'll be doing a film breakdown probably today. I will guess I'll just take the subtext poll and see who they want me to do a, a film breakdown on. But subscribe to the subtext. Click the link in the description wherever you're listening to this. Joined by Dana Larson. If you've watched a Mavericks game, you know who she is. And I want to talk about Kyrie because Kyrie spoke today to the media and he seemed like, I just, the thing I came away with, he seems like he's in a really good place. First of all, his health, 
He said he's 100% healthy. He played through injury last year at the end of last season, and we could tell that he was at the end, and you know he was coming in and out with th- with things. Uh, but he just seems like he's in a really good place right now with, with the Mavericks. And there was no drama to his re- to re-signing. There was no drama today. He didn't like go at anybody. Now, I don't think anybody in the media really pressed him on anything specifically, but it just seemed like he was in a really good place here in Dallas. Yeah, it was Zen Kyrie, I thought. And uh, it's nice to see that, and it's nice to see him – you know, feeling excited about starting fresh with this team, really acknowledging how much pressure he felt um, to be good right away, to win right away last year, and that that took its toll. He talked about, you know, the the feel and playing, as you said, injured, um, which I think we had a sense of. And when you get five plus months or whatever off, luckily he has really had plenty of time to get right. And he, he said a few times now he's going to work his way into this because he wants to be at his peak performance, not right out of the gates. So he's learned to ease his way through training camp, ease his way through the season. Uh, But obviously they understand there's a lot of eyes on this early on as bad as it went at the end of last year. There's, they thought that was pressure. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of pressure at the beginning of this year too, to see what it's going to look like as they all get, you know, a full year together. As uh, as somebody that is two months older than Kyrie Irving, I appreciated his, his talk about easing into stuff. He, he has to get up and stretch now and get through the day. Yes. Uh, but it, with that though, I mean, he's, he's 31 now he's hitting the, like he said, he has less basketball ahead of him than he does behind him basically. And he's, going into this next stage of his, of his career. He also talked about his kids a couple different times in this. And I'm glad that you're here today because you have kids. I don't have yeah. kids. Uh, and when you, when you have multiple kids, like, and you're starting to get into that stage of life where he had that, those five months off and got all that time to try and, you know, figure out like how, how to be more of a dad. He talked about, I want to be more of a dad when I'm on, when I'm on road games and like prioritizing that in his life. I asked him specifically about getting traded to a team midseason. That had never happened before in his life. And he said, it taught me patience. And I'm curious if Kyrie has just really settled down in, in what he is. With going through all that with, with mm. Boston first, getting traded there, and then all that went down there. And then to Brooklyn where you had the star trade and the, you know KD, and then you had Harden there, and then Harden was out, and the, you know, the vaccine and everything that, that you know, he went through and that happened with him. And then... Now, all of a sudden, you're here in Dallas, and he's like, okay, can I just go to this next stage where I get some stability in my career? And I'm curious if you have any thoughts as, as a parent of, like, where like where you start to feel that in your life if you want stability in some area of your life, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because, it yeah, it feels incredibly turned upside down when you bring kids into the world, and all of a sudden, you're responsible for them. I relate to Kyrie and being a parent. I don't relate in the uh, building generational wealth <laughs> <laughs> However, <laughs> you're not looking over contracts and signing people to Anta like yeah. your, your shoe deal. Yes, yeah. yes because no. it not only is Kyrie, <laughs> this is what I love about Kyrie though, because not only is he a father and, and an incredibly talented player, as I think he described himself today, um, but also he's, you know, he is like a, running now a shoe company. And he also was, um, you know, he was somebody that was consulted on with the Mavericks after he yes. signed and even at the exit interviews, it sounded like about what this Mavericks team needed, um, what he would like to see with it going forward. So he's a little bit of an assistant GM, I think, uh, with this too. And he sounded like that meant a lot to him yeah. um, to have 
had guys um, come to ask his opinion. Who do you like? Who do you want to play for? He even said he he suggested Grant Williams was a guy he would like to play with. Well, here you go, buddy. We got you, Grant Williams. So, I mean, you can tell there is a, a really good relationship here right now between Kyrie and between the Mavericks. And uh, I think they've, they've given him a lot. And they want to make him feel good. They want, they made, you know, have made him feel so good. He even said uh, the line about wishing he'd been drafted by the Mavericks because of the way this organization has wrapped their arms around him already. That's the exact words that he used is the organization wraps their arms around you. And I think as much as it is a Kyrie personal, him taking a next step, I think it's the way Dallas has embraced him, the way Dallas has worked with him, the way Dallas has been upfront with him. He talked about mm -hmm. Jason Kidd being like, he, what he didn't use in your face. He used like uh, he used direct or like he used. Well, I can't remember exactly. Brutally honest. I think brutally honest. That's exactly yeah. what he said. The brutally honest about you know like you know basketball and he has the connection with Jason Kidd going back. Like those connections. Nico Harrison's known him since he was in high school. I think those connections have made Kyrie feel like this is home and it's made him feel feel much more stable than he did in Brooklyn where he was hanging out. It's like he was hanging out with his friend and then his friend got added to like. I don't know. I don't even know how to like describe it in a way that's relatable to people. It's like he got added to a new hallway at college where like, all right, your RA is insane. And you're like the guys next to you are, are wild. And all of a sudden they want to leave and like, they don't agree with your beliefs. And like, I don't it'd just be like a crazy place. And now he's settled into this place that he can connect with everybody. Yeah. He feels supported by everybody. And now he's, he's in the spot. And I was I was worried that a, that a Kyrie that had signed a contract would just be waiting. All right, I got the money. Now let me get to a, a place where I'm going to feel better at or I'm going to feel more accepted in. And I think this may be the place for him that he's there. It, it certainly sounded like it. He talked a lot about that turmoil that he had been through the last year or two. And he, he had been feeling like he had to be Superman and be perfect and then – things weren't perfect and he wasn't able to, to do that kind of thing. And he said something about the, these last few years, I've been trying to figure myself out and this is the perfect place to do it. This is where I can grow into a man. And so maybe bringing it all the way back to your, your parent question, this feels like a really good place where he's got his three kids where there isn't the, the outside, maybe media pressures of the, the teams on the coasts, um, somewhere that he can really settle into the basketball world that is so happy to have him as the organization continues to show him so much. So they want to ask him how to sort of continue to build this thing in a way that he would like it. He's also in an interesting spot where I heard Mark Cuban say this on first take today, where he said, we have this, you know, we have these role players around Luca and Luca is the guy and Kyrie has the skills to support him as another star player, the best, you know, the best that we could ask or something like that. And Kyrie's in this spot where he's not the guy, you know, like even with KD, it felt like it was Kyrie and KD. It was like them, mm -hmm. them together where we know Luca is the guy and right. Kyrie is kind of, he's kind of okay with that now, but he can be the leader guy, right? He can be the leader on this team and like, take that, take that on, on this team, but he doesn't have to be the, the star player where he's the one getting the, you know, the blame when the final shot doesn't go in or getting the final shot or you know, doing that kind of stuff. It's an interesting kind of, he gets the best of both worlds for what a Kyrie type person I think may want. And I find that really interesting. Well, and I think what you're saying is would be ideal if it does honestly play out that way. Will that work for him all year long for a guy who has been 
is superstar as he has been number one pick, you know, best player here, all those things, you know, is he at a place where that works over a long period of time that I think it'll be, you know, it's fascinating to watch. We'll never know. I'll never, I'll never try to say, Hey, I think I know what Kyrie thinks or, or feels, yes. or I think that this is what's going to happen. I'm never going to try no. to predict a Kyrie thing. I don't, I don't think at any point nope. in my career coming up, I want to ask about Josh green. We haven't heard a lot about Josh green and I'm curious where you think he lands on this team. Who's the most interesting newcomer on this team. And, uh, and more questions from training camp with Dana Larson coming up. Shut it down. Oh, Let's go. All right, Dana, let's talk about training camp. We got to see a little bit more today. First day they brought us in and everyone was gone. They brought us into the gym and everyone was out. It was just God, Sham God dribbling a basketball in the middle. And I was like, you know what? I would go out of my way to watch Sham God dribble. Um, no, and then no question. Today we got to see a little bit more. And uh, we haven't heard a lot about Josh Green. He isn't. He hasn't really been running with the starters. We haven't seen him mentioned with those guys. I thought maybe we would come into training camp and Josh Green had ascended to him and Grant Williams are on the same level. They're the they're the definite starting wings. It doesn't seem like that's happened. What do you think about how Josh Green's being either presented by Jason Kidd or not presented by Jason Kidd and where he stands on this team right now? Yeah, and you're right. It feels a little like he's flying under the radar. And I wonder if if he isn't just falling into the group at the moment of those players who have been here. Players who've been here, we we know them, and there's a lot of roster turnover. So there's a lot of questions being asked about the new guys. It's not very often there's the Mavericks have a draft like this and two rookies who are coming in that, you know, are, we're really interested to see if they're going to be a big part of things. So I just think that that may be a little bit of it right now um, where, you know, your Tim Hardaway juniors, your Jaden Hardy's, your Josh greens um, are in that group of guys that um, we know what they bring. So does Jason Kidd. So he's talking a lot about some of the other things. And of course, they had to make changes because the group that was here before did not get them to the playoffs. So if you're in that group, I guess the question is for Josh, is that a bad thing? Or have I done enough at this point? And did I do enough this summer um, on the international level to prove, you know, that I really am a part of this? They need him to be a part of it. They've invested in getting Josh Green to this point. And he does bring a lot of things um, that they can use. A guy with that kind of energy on the court. Um, a guy with that kind of spring, a guy who, you know, is going to fight for the 50-50 balls, you know, who's not afraid to, to mix it up, who is fast, who is so fast, and they want to play fast, right? So Josh still brings a lot of stuff that they need, and I just wonder if it isn't one of those things at the moment where he is ultimately going to work his way into a regular rotation. Is it in the starting lineup? I really don't know right now. Do, do you have a feel? I would I would still pencil him in there unless Omax, who just has better size and comes in, can I, I think maybe finish better than Josh Green, even though Josh showed us a little bit of a floater last year that I think can be better. He can handle the ball better than, than mm-hmm. Omax probably does early on. Uh, but Omax just brings better intangibles and, and physical tools that Josh Green just doesn't have. Not speed. Like you said, Josh right. has, has the speed down. Can I float my conspiracy theory? I think I think if you've listened, you know my conspiracy theory. I love but it. let's go. That they're downplaying Josh, or at least that Jason Kidd has not mentioned Josh as like part of the starters, and they're they're making him like a guaranteed starter because of the they haven't ex- like decided on an extension yet for Josh Green. They're still in contract talks. Like last we heard was 
what, a month ago, two months ago that they were in, they were actually in talks, but it's, extension hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, I think there's some validity to that. I think that it's uh, worth continuing to float out there. And, and, I, and I will. And you will and you should, because when you can go back and tell everybody how right you were, you have all this proof, it'll be great. Um, but I think that there is a lot of um, Jason Kidd is smart. And when he goes out and is is using his media availability time for certain things, there's usually reasons behind it. Um, and if it's sort of like, you know, it, this speaks volumes that he isn't talking a whole lot about uh, Josh Green right now, there there very well could be something to that. Um, I think, honestly, I hope for the best for him. I, I feel like he's a guy that works his butt off. He knows he needed to get his shot better. He was working on that. He knows the things that he needs to improve. And um, and he's a guy I think that, you know, they could really use. So I, I hope for his sake that there will be a good Josh Green year ahead. This is the this is the year to have it for him in his career. I'm not worried about him. I, I think that he may be the one with Dwight Powell that has been pushed down to try and try and showcase these rookies a little more. And it may seem unfair to Josh because Jason Kidd has already said he's looking at Tim Hardaway to be the sixth man. So I don't think that Tim Hardaway is the one getting pushed down right now. He's already kind of slotted into that spot. But I think Josh Green now is is uh he fixed the you know his shot he shot 40% from 3 last year he was one of the top 3 point shooters in the NBA at a certain point last season so that's really come along and that was the one thing that was really holding him back they need his point of attack defense really badly they also need multiple point of attack defenders so trying to push Omax and trying to like test him like we said at the beginning of the show and see what Jason Kidd sees in him is uh, is really big and so yeah the, I'm not too worried about Josh Green. I think he'll. I think he'll still end up being the starter. That's if I'm going to make a guess. That's where it ends up being. Uh, the conspiracy theory is fun with the contract, but I think that it's all. I think it's all going to work out, and they're just trying these guys. And Grant is on a higher standing than than Josh right now, which is just tells right. us what they think about about Grant Williams. Uh, yeah. Who are you? Who are you most interested in as a newcomer on this team? Who's a player? Well, that- you kind of led me right to Grant, um, mm. and so maybe that's where I'm going to go because. Uh, he could he could be this guy that jumps into a massive role. I mean, here he, he played uh, on a team that had superstars and on a team that went deep, and he's been in big games, and he's ready for a bigger role. We heard Kyrie even say, hey, I'm yep. proud of this guy um, because he, he worked his way into a situation where he could go get a contract like he has here. He was never a regular starter for Boston. Now you've already got Jason Kidd, you know, saying this guy is in our starting lineup. And honestly, right now, until we see like a Derek Lively really come into his own, maybe um, in this league, Grant is your defensive anchor out there. They are asking of him to um, to use his voice. We've heard that so much. This is a guy (laughs) who's not afraid to talk and he needs to talk because they need somebody out there on the defensive end that is going to do that. They're, they're going to ask a lot of him and is it's going to be really interesting to see if he can really step into that next level, I think of player in the NBA, because he's got a huge opportunity to do that here. Yeah, him being a leader on defense is huge. I, I think that's something that the Mavericks desperately needed last year. They just didn't get it. They weren't going to get it with, you know, whoever, who was, like, I guess, Maxi or Reggie Bullock. Like, they're just not those type of guys. They're not the right. vocal, I'm going to get out there and, and tell everybody where to go. And there was some of that here and there. But Grant is, 
You just see them out there. I mean, even just the, the little part of practice we got to see today, they're going five on zero. And he's like still yelling, at, like pointing and like gesturing for where people are supposed to go. You heard Luca say, Grant talks a lot, sometimes too much. So he's already throwing jabs at him, which I think is fun. And I think that shows that they're already making a connection. And, and yeah, he's got all the confidence in the world behind him. He comes off as just a really intelligent guy that I think him playing with Luca and Kyrie, they're all three going to figure out how to play well together. He's going to figure out how to support those two guys really well. Uh, something I saw on Twitter, again, I don't know who said this, but that Grant Williams is going to help Luca in the sense that he, well, Luca will get less texts because oh, Grant, Grant will kind of be the guy that, that either, either stands in front of him or yells louder than Luca and like whines yeah. harder than Luca does because he knows that in certain moments they're going to need Luca and that Grant can take a tech where Luca can't. I'm curious what you think about that role for, for Grant Williams. Well, I can see it. And, you know, how we, we talk every year about who's Luca's enforcer. Yeah. There's always somebody, you know, that they they bring in and say, you got to protect him. You got to do this. And now it's, you got to go take some texts for him. <laughs> the only thing that I worry about is, do you want to be the team with that reputation? You know, do you not only have one guy, but now you've got two that are endlessly chirping, chirping, chirping. I don't think Luca's ever not going to be that guy. I mean, he's going to work on it, he says, you know, year after year. But so we know he doesn't have the ability to like completely eliminate that. He probably, he can't change his personality. I think that's part of who he is as a person and yeah. as a player. So now you're going to have two guys out there that might be like that. You just don't want to be that team that already has that sort of reputation, you know? And so that that may have to be, there's a fine line probably of, of taking one for Luca. And, you know, maybe not necessarily being, you don't want to be known as, you know, that team in Dallas. All the Luca quote yesterday that stood out to me was when he said, he talked about the, he was asked about the refs and he said, I'm trying, you know, it, it's hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not possible. What did you think about that? Where he said, it's just not possible sometimes to like calm it, himself around the refs. You know, it was funny. I, I think you could take it a number of ways, but at the time I really think he was like, you know what? I'm so sick of this. <laughs> It just is who I am. Uh, I, it's just going to keep happening. You know, I, I I can't help myself, even though I know I shouldn't. I just felt like that was his way of just being like, I, I'm sorry, but I can't fix this the way you guys want me to. It, it, Luca is me anytime I walk by a grocery store that has like the the Reese's, the trees, or right now the pumpkins, or okay. right now or the uh, the eggs, like. The, the, those are so much better than the cups, but him, him and me are the same. Like every time I walk by, it's impossible. I just gotta grab one. I got, I gotta grab, I gotta grab one every time. I got it. That's me with peeps, by the way. Really? Candy. And, and I'm so glad they make them for every holiday now. Cause I used to only be able to like go crazy once a year at Easter. Now there's every peep for every holiday. <laughs> the only time I ever got into or ever liked peeps like, when I tried them is when you do them over the campfire. Cause then the, the sugar on the outside Ooh. like caramelizes. It's good. I like that. Other than that, I, not, I know I'm it's not a, a peeps real guy. sugar high. You got to be really <laughs> ready. <laughs> there you go. Daniel Larson. Uh, thanks for joining us on Locked on Maps. We'll be back. Isaac, I'm picking him up from the airport today. So he should be back. Oh, he should be back on the show. And uh, we'll have media day. Isaac and I will, will have a station where we're interview. We've been told every player should come to us, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be a, a weird media day, but check back for that. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe to our subjects to get updates on all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom.